Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. All right, let's welcome in Aaron Rupar from Public Notice, the newsletter. Joining us here on The Lake Show. Aaron, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. I've been better. Um, I, I started the show uh I think I've ticked off the MAGA crowd, clearly, which which that doesn't bother me because <laughs> I'm super far left. The issue is this. Um, I don't and I will never waver in this election year on who I'm going to vote for. Uh, if it, if the if it's between Donald Trump and it's, it's Joe Biden, clearly I'm voting for Biden 100 percent of the time. I'm I believe that I'm uh, that I have strong convictions and morals. I'm not morally bankrupt. I, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that after we're this far removed from 2016 and Donald Trump first going into office to this particular point, I'm still shocked that the cult type of situation that he has still exists. Does, does that surprise you at all? After all of this, all the indictments and all of the, 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 the comments that he's made, the disrespect that he's made for everyone out there, are you still surprised that he's, that he's got a, a, a hold on people like he does? I am uh, definitely. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, the one thing I would point out to kind of push back a little bit um, that's you know kind of topical as well is that with the Iowa caucuses having just happened on Monday, you know, I think it's worth reminding people that Trump got, I think, 51 percent of the, the vote there, which means that there are 49 percent of Republicans in Iowa who are not uh, supporting him, who you know either voted for Nikki Haley or uh, DeSantis or Vivek was still in the race at that time. And so, you know, I think you're right that his base, it's still very much a cult mentality. And, you know, I can't begin to psychoanalyze that. I mean, you could write, you know, a series of books, probably trying to unpack what's going on there. But I do, you know, I do think it's worth paying attention to the fact that um, for an incumbent of sorts, because he is obviously the leader of the Republican Party, 51 percent is not at all, you know, an overwhelming number. And some of the exit polling in Iowa uh, showed that if he's convicted, for instance, it's like a third of his supporters, uh, at least told, you know, people doing this polling, which may not, you know, they might not be telling the truth, but that they would no longer vote for him um, if he's convicted of a felony. And, you know, it's kind of hard to imagine that that would finally be the breaking point after everything we've lived through. But uh, anyway, I mean, I, I just point out that there is some weakness in his numbers that, you know, shows that you know, maybe the cult isn't as large as some people think it is. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you in being surprised. I mean, he was president for four years. A lot of the things that he campaigned on, he did not accomplish, like building a wall, you know, a lot of the immigration policies that he wanted. Healthcare, to Infrastructure week, health care. I mean, you, can, you know, the list goes on and on. And so not only that, but then you look at how he's done electorally. And 2018 was a really bad cycle for Republicans. They lost the House. 2020, of course, he lost. Uh, the Senate flipped. 
And then, uh, you know, we see 2022 where, you know, Republicans took the House very narrowly. But it's not like he has a record, a glorious record of victories uh, since he won in 2016, not winning the Electoral College, by the way. So I'm with you. I mean, I think that um, but 51 per, into, but, but hold on. But hold on. But let, yeah. let, me, let, me, let, me, let me say that. Let me stop before say, Aaron, I, sure. I, I get the numbers and all that. But but my God, 51 percent for this guy that has shown a lack of respect for our country. Like, I'm appalled at his behavior, and he still gets half. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, I think as hard as it is to wrap your mind around, I think yeah. the, the transgressiveness and the disrespect and the crudeness, you know, even some of the misconduct, I mean, I think that's part of the appeal for his base. Oof. And I think, you know, he activated a lot, of, you know, a lot of people who probably, you know, weren't regular voters or weren't politically engaged who became a lot of people who go to his rallies and are his diehard supporters. And so, um, you know, it's, it's a really interesting dynamic, but again, you know, I think um, I'm actually feeling better about the election now than I was a month ago. I think with the economy showing continued signs of strength and it doesn't seem like we're going to have a recession this year. Um, some of the polling has turned, turned on a little bit for Biden where there's been a couple polls this week showing him ahead of Trump again. And, uh, you know, I also think that, um, <laughs> you know, if you listen to Trump's speeches, like I do, um, the stuff that he is saying is crazier than ever. I mean, some of the, the Nazi rhetoric about immigrants poisoning the blood of the country and, um, you know, saying that, you know, homeless people need to be swept off the streets in Washington, D.C. They're going to take it over. And, um, you know, it's just it's really far out there stuff. And I think that as people kind of tap in, you know, and lock into what he's saying more as we enter more of an election environment this year, I don't think that's going to do him any favors. And so that's just kind of my, you know, yeah. instinct based on a little bit of facts and figures and some of the polling that's out there. Uh, but you're right. I mean, I, you know, the, the, the cult thing is very disconcerting. And, you know, you or I, we look at Trump, we listen to him. There's not a lot of appeal there. Yep. But I think some of the things that we find so kind of repulsive are the very things that his base is attracted to. Hey, let me ask you this. What was your, your takeaway from the Iowa caucus in terms of the battle between DeSantis and Nikki Haley for number two? Well, you know, it actually turned out kind of as bad as it could have for both of them in a way, um, because had DeSantis finished third, I think he really wouldn't have had a case at that point for staying in the race um, because he really put all the eggs, uh, you know, his entire everything that he was taking his entire campaign on Iowa. And, uh, you know, to kind of eke out a second place finish gave him a rationale for continuing his, his campaign. He's now focusing more on South Carolina than New Hampshire, which is a state that has a primary next Tuesday. But the fact that he, you know, won by like one or two percent, uh, one, you know, I shouldn't say one, but finished second, one or two percent over Nikki Haley. It gave him a reason to keep going and it hurt Haley because by finishing third, now she still has to deal with DeSantis in New Hampshire and South Carolina. And presumably if he got out of the race, at least some of his support would shift to her. So um, I have a hard time really caring too much either way on that because they're, they're so far behind. Um, you know, it's like a 30-point margin. And really, as we look to New Hampshire next week, um, that's really the only state this whole cycle, you know, at least in the early part, that's going to have any suspense whatsoever. Um, there's been some polling showing Haley pretty much neck and neck, you know, around 40% with Trump. And so, you know, it seems like there's at least an outside chance that she pulls off a big upset there. But even if she does, you know, the next state after that is South Carolina, where Trump is up around like 55 percent. You know, of course, this is Nikki Haley's home state. She was governor there. Yeah. And she's losing by like 30 there. And then it's Nevada. And, they're, you know, Trump is way ahead there. And so um, that's why it's hard for me to really get pumped up one way or the other with the, the DeSantis, uh, the DeSantis-Nikki Haley race for second place. So 
I didn't draw any huge conclusions from it, but I will note, like I said, that the way that it panned out with Haley just eking out, or excuse me, DeSantis eking out a second place finish just above Haley, it actually in some ways kind of hurt both of them because DeSantis probably should get out of the race at this point. There's really no path for him to win. And, you know, the fact that he's still in the race hurts Nikki Haley. And so, um, it was unfortunate for both of them in that respect. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talking to Aaron Rupar from Public Notice here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830-WCCO. Um, now, get me up to speed. Hopefully, I'm not catching you too off guard. I mean, you, you're so in the know with, with, with the, the political conversation, but I'm not in the know necessarily. I didn't see everything that took place uh, leading into the show. But uh, Netanyahu made some remarks today that I think caught people th- – that, that people are very um, upset about. What, what did I what, – what, what's the latest that I've missed? Because it sounds like, according to a couple people that I saw on social media, they said, hey, Biden's going to have to step up and say – and be more forceful about what's going on over there in Israel because Netanyahu has, has totally, like, lost it. Yeah, you know, I didn't follow this super close today, but he gave a okay. speech where he ba- he basically said that under no circumstances can he foresee a Palestinian state uh, arising, you know, whenever this conflict ends, the war between Hamas and Israel. And then, you know, within that, he had a, a quote that basically said, you know, is Israeli sovereignty extends from the river to the sea, kind of appropriating. Oh, that's the part I did see about. Yeah, okay. yeah, yep. yeah. The, the line that, you know, uh, that uh, supporters of Palestine, pro-Palestine, demonstrators have been chanting and, you know, so it seemed like kind of um, needling them, you know, to kind of use that same phraseology. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this was a pretty maximalist stance that he took. And I think, you know, the fact that he basically, you know, categorically said that he doesn't see a Palestinian state anytime in the future or, in the, you know, in the, in the short to medium term future, um, that really contradicts, you know, what Biden's line has been, that the only solution is a two state solution. Um, and, you know, it really is kind of bad news for Biden in the sense that, um, you know, the United States has been so steadfast in standing by Israel, continuing aid without conditions and, you know, expressing pretty much uncategorical support, with some exceptions where Biden has, of course, said that they need to do more to protect civilian life and things like that. But the fact that, you know, after all of that, the U.S. standing by Israel now through this very difficult you know, number of months since October 7th, 
And Netanyahu took this opportunity to kind of thumb his nose at U.S. policy and say that he doesn't see a two-state solution being uh, the answer. You know, that, that puts some real daylight between Biden and Netanyahu. And of course, Netanyahu has been very close to the Republican Party and was very close with Trump. Uh, when Trump was president. And, you know, I think you could make a case that Biden is probably more popular in Israel right now than Netanyahu is, uh, because his standing was really eroded by October 7. So, you know, we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, Netanyahu, of course, is part of the war cabinet in Israel. So I don't get the sense that mm-hmm. his job is in danger anytime super soon, you know, until hostilities wind down there. But one of the scary things about that is it gives an incentive for this conflict from Netanyahu's standpoint, to continue on kind of open-ended, because it seems like his political career will be ending pretty soon after the hostilities end, given that, you know, I've seen some approval polling for him that's like down in the teens to the low 20s. And so if he wants to hang on to power, you know, and he has his own set of legal troubles uh, related to corruption investigations and charges that he faces over there, then, you know, there's incentive for him to try and drag this thing out as long as he can. So, Definitely, I thought that that comment today, um, despite the fact that I wasn't following it super close, I thought it was quite yeah. notable in that it uh, showed that there is a disconnect between U.S. policy and where Netanyahu is at. And, um, you know, that that's going to be a difficult thing to navigate because um, he's not going anywhere real soon. And um, again, one of the, the few upsides of U.S. policy towards Israel has been that when you stay in lockstep with them, hopefully you have leverage and, um, you know, you can kind of shape their policy to reflect U.S interests in that region and it seems like that's not the case right now all right Aaron what, what do you make of um Dean Phillips chances of of getting out here and trying to pull some Biden people away or get some some Democratic support on his side for his can, uh, candidacy because there are a couple people that have texted the show tonight and they said hey you know uh, we we like and appreciate Dean Phillips he's somebody that we want to hear more from where are you at with Dean Phillips for president and also I'm just seeing this now as I'm kind of Got all my stuff open up and television monitors on and everything. Andrew Yang endorsed Dean Phillips. I don't think no. that, I don't think that that's a good thing for Dean. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I, I did see polling this week that had Dean in New Hampshire at like twenty eight percent, which you know I thought was kind of shockingly high. Yeah, that is now. Th- there's kind of a weird story in New Hampshire because um, you know the, the the DNC wanted New Hampshire to be further back in the process. And of Biden the primaries can, and, and Biden can't do. Yeah, he can't be a part of that, right? That's and that's part of the reason that he chose yep. not to compete there as kind of a protest over, you know, that, that New Hampshire didn't go by the wishes of the DNC to move there. And they selected South Carolina as first, right? Right. Yep. So that's the first one that he's actually going to be on the ballot. Now, Biden will probably still end up winning pretty handily, you know, even though it's, it's a write in uh, <laughs> campaign at this point because he's on the ballot. Uh, but, you know, new, new, Dean has basically moved to New Hampshire. I mean, he's been there for months. And, um, you know, he's done every little community event imaginable. Um, there's been some kind of memes that have been unfortunate for him where, you know, he had one event a couple of weeks ago where literally nobody showed up. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a reporter who was there posting some photos on, on Twitter, which got some traction of Dean kind of sitting on this, uh, you know, it's like a, it was some sort of like fire truck or emergency vehicle where he was at a police station somewhere, you know, trying to meet with voters and literally nobody showed up. So that, that didn't look too uh, good for him. But like I said, I mean, there was a poll that I saw this week that has him at 28 percent. So um, it seems like this is kind of his one and only stand, though. You know, I mean, if he ends up um, I suppose it is possible if he gets like 28 to 30 percent that he can try and parlay that into momentum in future states in the primary. But, um, you know, it seems like I don't know if you followed the episode this week where Bill Ackman, who is this billionaire who is yep. currently embroiled in controversy over a plagiarism scandal involving his wife, but um, he's been very active in agitating against DEI and diversity measures in corporate America. 
uh, gave Dean, uh, you know, or at least a pack that is uh, supporting Dean, a million bucks. And then Dean Phillips immediately scrubbed uh, the DEI. You know, a statement. Yes, he had a statement in- embracing DEI on his campaign website, which he promptly removed. And Bill Ackman basically told people that that was a result mm. of uh, the, the support that he gave Dean. So, I mean, it seems like he's pretty much out there for the highest bidder at this point. And, um, you know, it's kind of been the story of his campaign Sadly, where, you know, of course, he began by trying to encourage other Democrats to hop in the race. Nobody wanted to do that for obvious reasons. And so he jumped in himself and, um, you know, kind of wrecked his political career in the process. And maybe he wasn't long for Congress anyway. I'm not sure. Um, I've talked with him in the past and, you know, I've always been very impressed with him interpersonally. And so I was initially quite disconcerted to see him kind of wreck his political career because I really thought, you know, he had a future where possibly he could have run a statewide office. Yeah, we're in the same boat. Um, Yep. Yeah. But I don't don't think that's happening anymore because I think, you know, he's alienated so many Democrats by running this campaign where he doesn't even really have, you know, there's no real substance to his disagreements with Biden. It's just kind of this, you know, Biden is too old and his polling is bad and we need an alternative. And, you know, I, I can definitely understand that perspective. But when you have an incumbent president who has a strong record to run on, the notion that having a, a bruising primary uh, is going to help the party and put Democrats in a better position to defeat Trump later this year never made any sense. And so, you know, I thought it was kind of a, you know, I thought it was a stupid idea to run in the first place. Um, like I said, his polling does seem pretty solid, but, uh, you know, he doesn't have any infrastructure in states beyond New Hampshire. So I think this is pretty much it for him. All right, we got about 30 seconds. And my final question to you is, did you see Anthony Edwards dunk on the entire world last night? And are you ready to see him do the same thing tonight? So this is funny. I was listening to the game on the radio because I was giving my kids a bath and uh, Alan Horton kind of no sold the dunk. Like it happened and, you know, it just kind of came and went. And then my brother texted me later and was like, did you see the ant dunk? And I was like the ant dunk. <laughs> and then he sent me a link to the clip and I was like, oh my God, you know, the baseline angle of that was the one where it was like, you know, it looks super human that he had kind of like a turbo boost. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. I mean, you know, it's it's hard to get too jazzed for this Memphis team that has none of their good players uh, healthy at this point. But uh, hopefully, it'll be a nice, relaxing win. It's on national TV, and then I'll I'll see what Charles Barkley has to say about the Wolves afterwards. Hey, have fun tonight, my man. And uh, it's good to know that you are indeed the one. You're the one that's able to find the Wolves on the radio these days. But I appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. I was listening on the NBA app actually, not on the radio. <laughs> All right, that's Aaron Rupar from Public Notice joining us here on The Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.